Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. Welcome to the club that you didn't want to join. With a voice of red disease, and this jingle doesn't rhyme. Nordpod, Nordpod, Nordpod. From Offscript Media, this is Matthew Zachary, and welcome to episode 8 of Nordpod the voice of rare disease. On the show today, Tom Rhodes, advocate, caregiver, and founder and CEO at Spencer Health Solutions. Their mission, if I may so paraphrase, is to make life easier for families and caregivers by simplifying the insanely complex world of prescription medication adherence. Lots of syllables. But I'll tell you this, as someone, that would be me, who once had to take 17 pills a day just to stay alive, something like this would have been really handy back in the Stone Age of 1996. But I digress because Tom and I are here to talk about how to make the patient experience better by taking into account that any diagnosis is a family affair. And there's more to living with an illness than just your biology. What do I mean by that? Well, let's think about the stress, anxiety, and uncertainty and cacophony of our health system that could really use just a little simplification. When advocacy goes right, you get a smart device colliding with your life to transform even a sliver of that complexity into something really meaningful and purposeful. Let's meet patients and families where they're at and on their terms, and with that, enjoy the show. Tom Rhodes, thank you so much for coming on NordPod. We're all very excited to have you share your story, why you're here, and we're going to dive in later in the show into the complexities and the nuances of the syllables behind compliance and adherence in drugs and as a cancer patient who once took 17 pills a day for weeks at a time just to stay alive, I completely have empathy and sympathy for those who have to deal with the nuances of multiple prescriptions. But welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. And I just would love to have you start by your personal story as a caregiver to your father. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity. And it's, it's interesting. My dad um, was a football player at Notre Dame, won national championship in 1966. And I think after he left college, uh, kind of said, you know, enough of the exercise. <laughs> and, and through his life, uh, later in life, he was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and kind of struggled with that a little bit later in life. And that was actually the first aspect where I started thinking about how to better manage uh, you know, medications and care coordination, et cetera. He had what turned out to be an appendicitis. I'm in the hospital at two o'clock in the morning with him. And of course, leading a pharmacy automation company. And the doctor asked me a simple question. Can you tell me what meds he's on? And I had no idea. And, and more than that, he was on eight different meds and I had to run home at two o'clock in the morning to go find those meds, bring them back and try to catalog them for the physician while my dad's in pain. But fast forward from that five, four years, I guess, and we're um, getting the normal checkup. Uh, dad has started to experience 
a little bit of uh, what we thought was vertigo. And um, as we sat down with the physician and, and the uh, neurologist, what we realized is he had stage four glioblastoma. So just not the diagnosis anybody ever wants to hear, especially given the grim outlook for that. And, and at that point, we were not only adding to the medication regimen, but adding a, a whole nother emotional level you know, for our entire family, but not the least of which was my mom. And how do you care for someone, not only, you know, all their medications, the care coordination, recording all of the, the steps and the progress and the progression of the disease. And so all of that came flooding in. And um, at that point, we were, we were already working on Spencer and, and implemented that into his life and livelihood so that we could help manage it. And, and it worked just as we hoped it would, at least simplifying the complex aspect of that care plan. And, uh, and that really became the mantra for us. Um, going back even when he was, uh, when we started in 2015, that was our mantra is, is how do we simplify the complex? Yeah. And I, I just love that as a metaphor and a sort of a dogmatic principle. It's often easy to just say those three words, but to actually do them takes a lot of testing and a lot of empathy and a lot of appreciation for your exact situation is you're living your life, you got your family, your parents are there, and all of a sudden, boom, full-time job taking care of your parents. And I think famous last words here on the show, what meds are your parents on? Uh, big weight, I don't know. Um, that's millions of people every day, I presume. It is. It's, uh, you know, it's a fascinating thing right now. About 51% of the United States population, the entire population, is on at least one chronic med a day, meaning they're going to take it for the rest of their life. When you get into the older population, 65 and older, you're starting to look at a population that's taking five or more meds per day chronically. And when you couple that with the, the need to take those meds, obviously, the population in general is around 50% adherent to the medication regimen. I think C. Everett Coop said you know, 35 years ago, you know, meds don't work and people don't take them. And, um, and it's, it's, so it's an easy path to say, well, gosh, all we need to do is remind them. But adherence is a very complex piece. Oftentimes, people aren't taking their med for the right reason. Now, they may not have communicated that to their care team and their providers, which which begins to identify those gaps that we've we had to address and, and therefore simplify the complex, as we said earlier. Uh, but it's a it's a persistent and pernicious problem that we tried to tackle head on. You know, I've done maybe 500 radio show broadcasts in my career, and you're the first to mention C. Everett Coop. So epic win for that 80s reference, the former Surgeon General of the United States, and that I think the epic facial hair will always stick with me because I was eight when I first I watched some infomercials in grade school about him. Anyway, I digress <laughs> from my 80s throwback moment. <laughs> Let's really dive into the empathy and the emotions of becoming a caregiver to an aging parent. That's such a narrative now. And I'm a Gen Xer, and I'm 46, and my parents are in their 70s, and it's it's just starting to start right now where I'm realizing, oh, my God, I should know what meds they're on. I should know their insurance. I should know what's going on in their lives without being intrusive before like something really bad happens instantly and poof, I have no idea what I'm doing. Let's talk through the caregiving game because that's the basis behind your entire industry and what you've built Spencer Health around. Yeah, you know, you've, you've really cornered it here because I'll tell you from just from a emotional perspective, from my view, it's really hard. It's really hard emotionally 
because you're, you have looked up to these individuals, at least in my case, my entire life. My dad was my hero, my mom as well. And to see them later in life going through you know, the physical and sometimes mental challenges and emotional challenges is at times overwhelming. And so that was one of the things that we had to really contemplate when we were setting out in this journey is, can we do that well? And can we at least honor the fact that, you know, this is a material, in many cases, and my dad's a devastating, you know, disease and diagnosis, and, and how do we approach that? And then the other piece we had to look at from a caregiver standpoint is, it's how do you keep the family updated? So there's, of course, me, my mom, and my dad, but I have two sisters, I have aunts, uncles, his his sister, my, my dad's brothers and sisters, et cetera. There's a lot of people to update in. And there's a lot of information to update them on. So how do you how do you do that? Not the least of which is the doctor. Oftentimes we would see things happening at home, such as uh, in his case, a uh, very high blood sugar followed by a very low blood sugar followed by you know other things. And we would go to the doctor's office, and you know sugar is in the normal range. And we're like, well, but it wasn't four weeks ago. And, you know, when you're, when you're doing that sort of thing to get a, um, a handle on the 350 days a year, you're not in front of a provider in a hospital, that was equally important. So there's, there's a lot of complexities we try to pull together to, to honor the needs of the family first and then extend that back out to the, to the healthcare group. And, and that was probably, well, remains to be the hardest part. That's, that's uh, because um, they're great, many, and, and uh, we need to make sure there's really good communication. I don't know why this is a controversial thing to say, but cancer is a disease of the family. And some people don't like that. Some people do like that. But it does affect everyone, assuming you have a cohesive family that's partially functional and can communicate with each other effectively. But the mental health toll, the stress and anxiety, you have a job, you have kids, you have a life, you have a other. This is just another thing that... Is it possible to make it suck a little less? And again, that's my own version of simplifying the complicated. And you've chosen to enter a market where there were very few options that really identified at least one specific moment in that experience as a caregiver. And that is having to understand the burden of prescriptions, correct? Absolutely. Again, if you think about in many of these rare diseases, and certainly in the case of my dad, there's a titration schedule associated with that. They're monitoring side effects. They had other wearable and medical devices that were monitoring him at home. And uh, it was really complex. And so when you couple that along with continuing to treat diabetes and, and you know heart disease and things of that nature, that alone, forget everything else, uh, that alone was an overwhelming point for my, my family. And so to be able to bottle that up, basically have the pharmacist take over the role you know, remotely through Spencer of, of being able to manage that med regimen, be able to connect back to the physician and let them know what's going on in between visits and, and give that family a, you know, a, a relevant connection to all that information and insight takes a big burden off. So you can deal with the things like as an example for us, convincing my mom that she needed help, that, the, you know, we as my sisters and myself all work. So it was really difficult during the middle of the day and at uh, and the middle of the night, effectively, to respond and still you know, be somewhat effective at work. And that was a very emotional and difficult, and, and I'm a type A. So, 
it's go, you know, do, 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 go, go, go. My sister's a little bit more emotional. My other sister's probably more similar to me. So it seemed very logical to us, my, my sister and I, that, hey, you just go do this. And, and, but for my mom and my other sister, it was, uh, it was, hey, someone's going to be in my house and I don't know them very well and I don't know how they're going to help me. And, and so we had to get through that. But you can't really get to those meatier topics and really important topics unless you deal with some of the initial complexity, which, which thankfully I think we were able to address. Yeah, like you drop the stone in the water and there's a wake in 360 degrees. It isn't just about that one dip in the water. It's everything else that it impacts. Let's take some time to talk about pharmacists and prescriptions and the idea that you don't even know if you can get a 30-day pack or what the dosage is or three times a day. What's the science behind helping patients understand the regiments of multiple prescriptions without having like a Jarvis? We're going to get into your your products and how you're, you're offering incredible solutions. What's been the biggest problem? We talk about uh, people can't take their pills, don't remember to take their pills. They can't take them in conjunction with each other. It's been a cacophony. It really has. You know, adherence is, uh, I think I said earlier, a very pernicious problem. And oftentimes, you know, if you could have an open dialogue and open communication and consistent communication with an individual, we'd probably solve that. But obviously, from a healthcare perspective, it's really built on reacting to our, our health needs, right? So I'm sick and I go to the doctor or I'm sick and go to the hospital. And so this proactive nature notion is is only really just now emerging where, you know, I think long-term you can get into almost a prescriptive healthcare, right? I have enough information coming in where I can actually prescribe ahead of, you know, diseases or symptoms and things, you know, what will happen uh, or what what needs to uh, be in place to, to um, you know, solve for your issue. But adherence as itself is talking to your physician, talking about side effects, talking about new medications that are confusing to you, especially in the world of generics where they're constantly switching, remembering, of course, to take them, but also cost of them, and et cetera. So there's, there's so many different pieces. It really comes back to being able to establish a platform that can not only manage the med, but also manage the communication piece such that you, you have coordination through those that, that really need to see this information and they can make better decisions because that's really what it's all about is, is empowering people with more actionable data to make better decisions, which include the family. Too often in healthcare, the family or, or those caring for these, these loved ones are left out. You know, they don't have information and, and yet they probably have the most important information because they're with them. And so that patient reported outcome information, we're just not able to extract very effectively up to this point. And I think that's changing. And, and that'll have probably one of the, the greatest impacts on disease and disease, you know, ceasing disease progression, as well as maybe solving some of the diseases that are, that are out there, is just the ability to begin communicating more effectively. Back with our guest after the break. Picking up on where we left off, I have a generics switcheroo story that nearly killed me. So maybe that's saving it for another episode. And it just has another nuance when insurance companies just, oh, we're just going to switch you to this guy because it's cheaper and not tell you about it. Another layer of complexity. Let's really dig into how you've managed to meaningfully enter the market with the, the word solution is in your company's name, but you're going, you've been in the market, you've identified ways to make 
managing prescriptions, multiple prescriptions, three times a day, conflicting. Let me take a break. I remember in the 90s when the pharmacies started bragging on their commercials, we know not to give you prescriptions that conflict with each other. When those first consumer protection databases came out and your doctor doesn't know you're on this, but they know you're on this. Like that's, we take that for granted today, but now it's even more complicated. Let's dig in to what you put together. Absolutely. So, you know, it really starts with the prescriptions and it starts with identifying pharmacies that are really willing to engage with patients. And, and I say this because not all pharmacies have the capacity or the focus to actually engage readily and often with patients. And, and the first example of that is, okay, so I'm on five or eight meds a day. How am I getting those? So today in our society, I go to the doctor on a Monday and I get a prescription, I fill it. Now, 30 days from now, I'll refill that prescription. I go to the, the doctor two, two Wednesdays from now and I get that prescription. 30 days from then, I'll, I'll refill that prescription. And it goes on and on, on five, six, eight meds, 10 meds. We have people on 22 meds a day. And, and you can, you're literally in the pharmacy all the time, just picking up meds. And why? Because it's convenient for them. It's not convenient for the patient and it's not helping that patient um, you know, stay on medications, um, be able to react and, and, and get the most of them, et cetera. So the first thing you got to do is find a pharmacy that will synchronize medications and actually put them together per instructed by time of day. So help me unpack and simplify maybe what's the schoolhouse rock version of synchronizing your prescriptions. I've currently take nine because I'm a walking Petri dish of, I don't know how I'm alive after cancer, a stroke and melanoma and COVID. So they're all on different schedules. And yet the pharmacy I'm working with did synchronize them somehow. How does that work? It is something that is built into the pharmacy management software and payers have gotten more comfortable with because they see the tremendous results from it. basically what they do is they look at your entire medication regimen and they determine, you know, okay, I have to take this med in the morning and this med at night. And then I, a new prescription, I have to take this med in the afternoon and this one at night. And they will package those meds for you by that time of day. And then to get there, the synchronization definition is really around allowing you now to pick up all of your meds once a month, in some cases twice, depending on your insurance and cost. But basically pick up your meds once a month, all packaged by time of day. If a med changes, they change it within the package or the format. If you're adding a new med, that's the same process. So that you effectively have one time you need to go to the pharmacy, you get all of your meds when you need them, and they're already packaged by how you have to take them. Okay. I understand a lot of that. Not all of it. I don't think I was supposed to know and understand all of it, but it works. I'm glad it happens, and it helps make what your product does and your service does that much more effective. It does. And, and, you know, from our standpoint, what we do is we take that entry point uh, with a, a dedicated, available pharmacist. And what we do from there is basically we have a small device that sits in the home that'll dispense those medications by time of day. So it's going to do the basic reminding for you. And early on with us, we did three FDA formative studies, uh, including an IRB Institutional Review Board study. So basically a lot of studies to look at how families and patients would interact with technology in their home. Because we started from the premise that they have to invite us into their home and be willing to interact with any kind of 
technology or we don't have a business. And, and frankly, we have no business trying to solve this problem if that isn't the case. And so what we found is we, we basically came up with a design that met those needs of, of those user tests and groups. And what it does is dispense the medications, but during the dispense cycle, it will begin to ask you questions about your health. And it could be around your specific disease, the progression of the disease, specifically your, your health. It could, be, it could be questions coming from your provider directly, such as, you know, how are you feeling? You just got out of the hospital or, um, you know, we have an appointment tomorrow. Do you need a lift? So it's a, it's a well-integrated communication portal on the patient's terms. So they're, they're the ones, you know, engaging with it, et cetera. And for us, it was really critical. Uh, will they answer questions or not? Because if not, we can't solve the communication piece. And while the reminders are great, they're not enough. So what we have found in, you know, really three years in the market is that not only are we driving adherence, which is nearly 100%, it's 98.9%, people are taking their meds as prescribed and they're seeing tremendous improvements in their health. But also, as important, we're seeing over 80% of the questions that are being asked answered within that day. So um, you have a ready communication stream between you know, patients and, and their care teams. And that's, that's a critical point. So, all right, help me, uh, help me one-on-one this again. So it's basically a robot that kind of, so, so does a bag of pills show up one day, you dump it all and it sorts them and yells at you when to take them? Or is it like everything comes in a prepackaged thing, you slip it in there like a gumball machine and they're all there? Or like, ha, ha, walk me through the process of how the medication gets dispensed, put into this device, and then it like, dings at eight in the morning say time for this and dings at 11 and says time for this exactly uh i love your analogies i uh <laughs> i was uh i was trying to think of a of a cute way to uh to describe it but i guess it's it's about the size of a two slice toaster to put it in the in kitchen speak so your medications will come from the pharmacy in a small box and it's a prepackaged for you, all of your meds already organized by time of day. And so all you have, you have this little box. Uh, we call it a refill, uh, refill medication refill. And um, you just drop it in the top of Spencer and close the lid. And that's it. That's the only thing that's Oh, required. the robot's named Spencer. The, the robot is named Spencer. That's correct. Okay. Hence Spencer Health Solutions. I get it. It's all coming together now. <laughs> so it's called Spencer. Why is it called Spencer? Because it dispenses, let me guess. That is it. And, you know, not many people immediately come up with that. So kudos to you. But, yes, it, it, it uh, comes from the word dispense. But the real, the real idea behind Spencer was the personification of, of the uh, technology. We wanted to make sure people were comfortable with it, could identify with it. And Spencer was really there to help them on their healthcare journey. And so uh, we put a lot of effort into the branding and the communication and the engagement associated with it. So you get your refill from the pharmacy. It's a little box. You drop it in. Uh, it only goes in one way, so you, you can't uh, put it in wrong. And, uh, and you close the lid. And that's, that's the only requirement we technically have of anyone. They don't have to be uh, you know, super technology savvy by any stretch. All they have to do is plug it in the wall and drop in the top or the, the refill. And then from there, it downloads all of your pharmacy medical information that's, that you've approved and it will begin to um, ask questions specific to you, to you, to you and your disease state from the pharmacist, your providers, et cetera. You can share that data and choose to share it as we spoke uh, with families or caregivers and other folks in your circles. 
and um, it's going to um, ask you from time to time to you know take a blood pressure. It'll it'll monitor your weight if that's uh, in your care plan. It'll integrate other Bluetooth devices and begin to really build a holistic picture. So that when you go to the doctor, you they know you've been taking the medication, so that's that's important. They know what your side effects are because it's going to be asking about that, how you're feeling generally. And then uh, all of your other, you know, wearable or, or med tech technologies, such as, you know, scales and cuffs and glucometers and other other uh, pieces. So they get a really deep picture of how things are going and where they might need to tweak. And most importantly, the family does too, where permitted, so that they can further help make your parents uh, or, or loved ones as uh, comfortable and, and get well as quickly as possible. So Spencer connects to your what your home Wi-Fi or a, it has its own cell service or something, and then I assume there's a mobile app that everyone can use to log into it and manage it, right? That's correct. Yeah. So Spencer has both Wi-Fi and cell. Again, our goal was was never to put someone in a situation where they have to go figure out the twelve-digit Wi-Fi password and you know that never seems to work and all that. So when it when you plug it into the wall, we have a cell chip that auto connects. And if they have Wi-Fi, terrific. We'll take it as well uh, as a backup, but it's always connected. And so that uh, that makes for really, really simple setup. And then um, everything else is uh, Spencer will direct on. I'm going to date myself, but I remember a Bugs Bunny cartoon from the 70s that predicted the future. And there was an alarm clock that if you didn't wake up, it grew arms and hit you with a hammer. And if you forgot something, it yelled at you with a coronet, like a trumpet coming out of it, blaring in your ear, you forgot to do this. Is there a future of not Spencer growing legs and becoming a robot army that kills us? But in a way, if you miss your pills, doesn't know where you are. Can it ring your Apple Watch and say, wake up or something? It sure can. Yeah, it's fully integrated. So it does have the mobile app. It has integrated into your other wearables. Could be your Fitbit or Apple Watch, um, and uh, of course your phone. So anything that you might be using that's connected in some Bluetooth manner or Wi-Fi manner, uh, we could we can integrate into so that it, it really meets you on your terms. Because you know, a lot of folks are ambulatory; they're out walking around the neighborhoods, you know, having lunch, working, etc. And we want to make sure that they have consistent, easy access application, uh, so that we get a you know really defined care plan. Because you know, it's interesting, we have there's here's an example of where data really matters, and and how a system like this, it's not just about taking the meds. So we had a woman who had a very who was being treated for a disease, and she had a very persistent cough. Well, they thought, you know, I wonder what was causing the cough, and they kept looking at different things because it wasn't consistent with the disease. And so she was on Spencer. And, you know, we're engaging with her, reminding her of medications, and she's consistently taking her medications, et cetera. And after about a month or so, this cough is still aggressively present. And so finally, she presented all of the information she had to her physician, and the pharmacist was on the phone with them, the pharmacy that Spencer was working with. And what they noticed was while she was 100% adherent to her medications, she actually had begun taking one of her medications, not eight hours apart, but an hour and a half apart from her last medication of the Mm day. Life got busy, threw it in her purse, and, and began taking it, not when it was dispensed, but later in the day. And so we were seeing that coming through because she was 
she was telling us through the mobile app that here I just took my medication uh, or out of the machine when she actually removed it from the from the uh, Spencer device. And so the doctor and the pharmacist immediately said, this is the issue. So the side effect of overdosing on that particular medication was a persistent chronic cough. And so after months, you know, months before she got Spencer and after in the, the first month of having Spencer, she was able to solve that problem. When, uh, you know, from afar, 50,000 feet, you think, well, she's a perfect patient. She's taking all of her meds when she's supposed to. But, you know, there are things that you need to be able to dig into. And that this is where the platform can really help shed some light on things. Sounds like there's a little minority report theme working here, too, for precog recognition of potential things that can happen if once you learn, oh, the next patient that does the same thing, we know why instantly. You, you build a whole data set on behavior, and I'm sure that it wasn't completely intentional that this happened. I, I, would, I would almost conjecture what percentage of people that accidentally are not compliant just because of life gets in the way. I do want to spend uh, the rest of our conversation on the fact that this works, not necessarily Spencer specifically, but if you are able to make things easier for people to stay on their prescriptions, the way they're dosed, you reduce all sorts of potential bad things from happening. And ideally, you improve quality of life, not just for the patient, but for those around them, correct? Absolutely. There are so many studies out there that suggest even basic communication can dramatically improve adherence. Um, but when you look at it, it's such a wide problem. There's so many different pieces that could affect your health, you know, from non-adherence to side effects to other things that it becomes really important to have that, that, you know, line of communication. So, but the studies have been numerous and global over the last really 30 years around how we can address this problem and they take it piece by piece. What we've tried to do is kind of converge that learning into a single platform that allows people on their terms to kind of engage, but in the most cases, really passively. So, you know, we're, we're kind of asking them questions when they're normally getting a medication anyway, their mindset's there to answer a quick question. And all of a sudden that begins to build a profile that'll give them insights that they probably you know, not only don't have, but probably didn't even think to inquire about. Well, this has been an example of when advocacy goes right. You saw a problem. You became the accidental advocate. Thank you for sharing your story about your father and your family. This is something that really matters in the analog of let's try to all do this together and help each other out together. Um, Tom Rhodes, founder and CEO of Spencer Health Solutions. We'll put a link in the episode description to the company. Thank you so much for joining us on NordPod. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. That's all for today. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. NordPod is a product of the National Organization for Rare Disorders and Offscript Media. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Leslie Nordstrom. Andrew McDowell is our senior producer. Karen Lee is our production manager. Valerie Don Francesco is our marketing manager. Darren Tun is our production intern. It is recorded, mixed, and edited by Matthew Zachary and the post-production team at Offscript Media. Our theme music is by the Salvatones. Learn more about the music of the Salvatones at salvatones.org. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. 
Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make guest recommendations. For more information, visit nordpod.org.